Welcome to The Right Reasons. We haven't done this in a couple weeks, but he's back, people. David Jacoby, welcome back to the podcast. You're on TV every day now, and you got too busy for me. I did. Too busy. Uh, three children, quarantine, global unrest. Had to put the reality television podcast that I volunteer for in the back burner for a bit. I apologize to Wait, all the listeners. I, I know, I know, I know. I apologize to all of the listeners. But um, it turns out that in the quarantine, during all the unrest, the very shows that we discuss ended up becoming part of the story. Yes, absolutely. So I hit on this a little bit last week with Rachel, but let's start with Vanderpump because that's been the kind of the reason we reunited as as this podcast duo. Though I, I just want to note, we're made good friends throughout our hiatus. Um, good friends. That's so, I knew you were going to do that. I just knew it. <laughs> I do it every so, time, and I know you so hate it. I'm sorry. Rude. I felt bad the second I did so it. I felt bad about rude. it. My grandma died, and you came to the shiva. Like I think that's pretty mm-hmm. good friends. Whatever. Yeah. Your whole family came. Anyway, uh, here's what happened on Vanderpump. Stassi and Kristen, Max and Brett have all been fired. Stassi and Kristen were fired for calling the police on Faith, knowing that she did not do the crime they accused her of. And then Stassi also went on her own podcast in 2017 and complained that black people make too big of a deal of racism. And Kristen was a part of the Faith incident and also tweeted about um, like accusing Faith of that crime when she knew it wasn't her. So they were fired from the show from that. And meanwhile, Brett and Max earlier in the season, like back in January, old tweets of theirs were unearthed where they were casually racist. Max used the N-word. And for that, they're not allowed back. And I said this last week, I really regret not taking that more seriously and digging into it more when it happened. And Mm. I think that is something that, you know, I have learned and won't and hopefully won't make that mistake again. But I think in general, we're just kind of at a crossroads with Vanderpump where there's also some calls for Jax and Brittany to be fired. Jax made fun of um, the nose of a black man who was on 90 day fiance on Instagram. And there's other rumors online of like things he has and hasn't done. And I think we all just have seen Jax's body of work over the last eight seasons. And, and you know, there's plenty of things to object to. And I think we're just at a point with Vanderpump where you and I talked about it offline and we're now want to talk about it online. Like, do we want to keep watching this show? I do not. I I think it should not exist. Like it's place in this world as the world is changing every day. It just no longer has one. And and like, I hate saying this in in the microphones because it sounds like an excuse or some sort of thing, but I do have to mention, like I watch every single episode with my wife. My wife is black, right? So we discuss these things and we've always sort of kind of just scoffed at the fact that like there isn't even an attempt at diversity amongst the cast of Vanderpump Rules. But yeah. we also look at Vanderpump Rules like not as a cross section of society. Like Vanderpump Rules is it's like it's 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 not real. Like like Tom Sandoval to me is not like a real living being person. I don't look for Vanderpump Rules to be a moral compass from any way, shape, or form. But during all of this, it is now not okay just to sort of like. Just say, ah, it's not real life. We're just going to laugh yeah. at these at these people anyway. Like, it's, it, we we can no longer just say, you know what? It's Vanderpump Rules. It's all silly. It's silly. So we'll just laugh at them and move on because it's just that serious. Yeah, I agree, and I think that you know one of the important messages that's come out of the Black Lives Matter movement in the last couple of weeks is that representation really matters and the voices mm-hmm. that you're giving a platform and which voices you're amplifying really matters. And Vanderpump Rules has been giving a platform to many of the wrong voices. And it, it felt funny, like we were willing to go along with it. And I re- I regret that. And I see it through a new lens. And I just, I don't want to keep watching. 
And as Rachel pointed out last week, this was a really bad season. It wasn't even good. So like, why defend it? Well, I enjoyed watching Vanderpump Rules this season, but we can go back and forth on that another time. But it was interesting talking to my wife who has that perspective about this. And she's like, well, they're trash people. Yeah. You know, it's like, she's like, that's kind of why we love them because they're like, they're lovable trash people, but they're kind of trash people. And listen, I don't want to offend anybody by calling them trash people. It's name calling. It's rude. But like, I think that anyone who watches this show knows that these are not human beings that we like want as leaders. You know what I mean? Jackson Kristen had sex on the couch while Tom Sandoval was sleeping in the other room and Kristen twice. and Tom Sandoval were dating. Twice. 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 That's twice. fucked up. Like that. Absolutely. Absolutely in- insane among many other things that like are just like objectively fucked up things that have happened. And it's just like not, it's not something that I want to like overlook or dismiss anymore. And I want and I, I just don't, I don't want to be a part of it. I, I think also, um, there's just like a larger Bravo problem going on. Someone was fired off of below deck today. Below deck. And, and, you know, Ramona has apologized for posting on Instagram, all lives matter. But, you know, I knew what Ramona's politics were, I, you know, but I still watch, but like, I'm just not sure that I want to keep watching. And that I think is something to consider. Well, I think I want to keep watching because I don't look to Bravo for ethics and morals. You know what Me I mean? Either. But I think as a network, if you look at the faces and voices that they have morning, noon, and night, it's a very white network. And like the whole yeah. Real Housewives franchise, let's be honest, they've got Atlanta, which is mainly black. Yep. And I think Potomac, Potomac. I think. Potomac. And Potomac, which I didn't really watch, but I think that's more of a mixed cast. But OC, Beverly Hills, Dallas, whatever, Australia, Canada, whatever that weird stuff, the other ones they tried to do are basically all white shows. Yeah, totally. I will say also, like, I think this gets overlooked. The most famous housewives outside of like, I think Nene is like among the most famous and I'm curious what you think, but Atlanta is the most popular uh, version. It gets the highest ratings. Like Atlanta is the most popular show, but I don't feel like those women have become like the face of the, of the network or the face of the franchise in the way that like Bethany has or Ramona has or, or whatnot. Like I do Vicky, think they're, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the Atlanta women. And I, I would argue that Nene has had like among the most success of any of the women who've started on the housewives. It's probably like, you know, Nene and Bethany essentially. And mm-hmm. I just feel like it's not really like discussed that much. And this is also something that I, I think is like worth noting is that despite like the rating success, they still aren't like touted as, as the top talent. That's more like anecdotal. I don't have like numbers behind that, but just as like a consumer of this content, that's kind of how I feel. So I think I'm, I'm predicting that Bravo will not have another season of Vanderpump rules as constructed. I agree with that. I think there's some very difficult conversations going on right now with Lisa Vanderpump and the decision makers at Bravo. And they're saying, look, we cannot come back like this. We can come back. Maybe it's a new title. But and maybe it's the same restaurants, but I would be shocked to find out that there aren't a lot of brown people working at those restaurants that don't get mic'd up and aren't on the show. Oh, absolutely. Also, the like concept of friend group of aspiring people in Los Angeles is not like a white story. You know, there's plenty of people great point. to great whom point. that applies. And I yes. that is what I'm interested in is like friend group of aspiring people in LA. And that doesn't have to be like uniformly white. Like let's, let's start over like with a new cast and maybe Lisa, like, you know, the way that like, like IP gets credit, like is still somehow like a producer, but like there has to be another 
subculture that they could tap into for this show. Like we, we've seen it on other shows and I'm interested in that. Like I, I want to know about other young people in LA who are trying to make it and they don't have to just be like the white people that work at Vanderpump Rule or work well, at Sir. I, I think that Charlie is a great character and I, I don't know her sort of 23 and me, but I think she's Latina, right? Almost positive. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either, we'll but like, I'm pretty sure she is. I'm pretty sure she is. I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure she is. And like, uh, there's Charlie's great to me. Yeah. Give me some Charlie's. Give, totally. me, some, give me some more Charlie's. Totally. I'm on board. I, I agree with you. And I, it's also just like definitely a crossroads this week on Real Housewives or last week on Real Housewives in New York. Tinsley left the show. Tinsley. Yes. Out. And so it's just sort of like there's, uh, there's a, a way to like work new people into these shows and to have them have a different look and give a platform to other people. Yes, and Stassi's pregnant now. I know, Stassi's pregnant. Do you think they were going to do a Stassi pregnancy spinoff show? I don't, I mean, there are, you could tell going into this. Now, let me say this is Vanderpump Rules was ready for something. Now, I don't know exactly what the strategy was, but you and I both had the feeling that Vanderpump Rules was not going to come back as constructed anyway. And I think now is even more of a, a catalyst for that change. And I think that, there will be spinoffs, but I don't, it's definitely not going to be Stassi and Bo, right? No. And it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be more new faces that will better reflect a cross-section of our society than they have, because it'd be hard to do less of a cross-section of society than they have. <laughs> GQ had an article this week by Jolie Kerr about uh, Tom Sandoval, and it was clearly like an article that was pitched and greenlit. And I think the reporting started before quarantine or before all mm. that. And it was probably supposed to be aligned with the finale of this season and, and who knows. And it made the point that Tom is a very different like version of masculinity. And which I think is a good point. Cause like he loves dressing up and he went to Bravo con and drag sure. last year and everything. But it made the point that like the show also is like really like represents gay culture without having any gay people on it as well. Like there's just like, there's plenty of gay people around Lisa Vanderpump universe, but like they're not on the show. Like Billy was on the show for two seasons, but then she was, then she was gone. And like pride is such a big touch point on the show, mm -hmm. but there's no, they're, they're so like, they're like include gay culture without the gay people, which I think also, you know, it's something that Jalen Rose kind of touched on a few weeks ago when he was saying he wished that America loved black people as much as he loved black culture. It's sort of like a similar type of type of way of like, wanting the culture without the people and that, and that's wrong. Yeah. It's just, and it's a good point. Like, and I'm not going to sit here in, in front of this microphone and be like, I was wrong for loving it for the last decade because I did genuinely love it. And I still do genuinely love it. But when you put this filter that is, is sort of now on every single thing, an element of your life, you realize that yes, I did love it, but do I want to support this and encourage this moving forward? And the answer is no. That's how I feel as well. I, I feel, yeah. That's how I feel as well. Let's talk about some other reality TV shows. Great. You know what we do have to do? Unfortunately, let's talk about the challenge before we can really move on. Since we last spoke, a couple things happened. Let's start with what happened with D. D was fired for um, racially insensitive tweets and commentary. Um, what exactly did she say? I mean, don't, don't quote it, but like, what was the violation? I believe that she responded to someone on Twitter. I think it was Bailey saying that something just like really flip and like nonsensical and offensive about bla the black lives matter movement. Like, like justifying like how much she cares about it. And it was just offensive and stupid. And then she doubled down on it instead of like backing down. She like had like a fight on Twitter with, with swaggy 
and Bailey like saying like, you have no idea how much charity I've been doing. It was just like ugly. It was just ugly. Aren't Swaggy and Bailey also in Kansas City with yes. her? Yes. Yes, they are. And and it's come out since that um, Bailey and Dee had a fight that was edited out of the show. And last week's episode was super weird. It was shorter than usual. And they tried to edit around D, but the whole episode was clearly about D. Like Rogan betrayed her mm-hmm. once again. Rogan, like one of the least loyal people I've ever come across. And she was barely in the show. And so I think they're now trying to edit her out of the season for the most part. But like weirdly, the unedited version aired in Canada. So people were like able to compare online. And secondly, Love those sh- people. Shout to the people that watch <laughs> the Canadian version and the American version. Did a cross reference and then brought the differences online. God bless I do. I do appreciate it for this purpose. So thank you. Yes. Um, I do appreciate it. And I fear that D is going to go very far. I'm, I'm concerned that this is going to be a problem for the rest of the season because she now has her red skull. Mm-hmm. She's, she went far last year. Like she's good yes, at challenges. She, she won last year. And so, I think they have like this D conundrum of like, do they like, what do they do with someone who's central to the show, but has been fired and they don't want to support. So it's going to, it's going to be weird to wade through. And I am not sorry to see D go personally. Um, Let's talk about something else that happened on the show though. Two weeks ago, we never got to discuss this, but great for you being on the right side of history with D because I was team D like a week ago. Remember I kept defending her. Yeah. I, I've been anti D since I met D also from the jump. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Wes and Johnny went up against each other in a completely like inexplicable way. They went into the the purgatory. I can't remember what it's called. To, to get the it's called purgatory. Ball. It's called purgatory. Johnny won. I don't. They had. They were in control. They're working together. So why did Wes and Johnny go against each other? I don't know. It, it was baffling. I really felt like like it's it's almost like. It's it's like watching Vince Carter like make a run at the MVP. You know what I mean? Where it's like you think like, you two are you're you've been here for so long. You know what you're doing. Like you're not even that physically good at the challenges that you used to be because there's younger, stronger people out there. But you're so much mentally better at the challenges than everybody else that when you put your minds together, you can go to the final and win the whole thing. I don't know how you end up in purgatory against each other. Here's what the whispers are saying on the internet: pure conjecture. Oh, I love I, it. I don't have evidence of this. I'll have to confront Johnny about it at some point. People are saying online that Johnny is known to pay people to get out of his way. And so that perhaps there was a pact between Johnny and Wes that like whomever got further, it would like kick back if they won, would like kick back some money to the other. And so that they did this to clear a path for one of them to get to the end. Okay. That's, that's asinine. Let me explain why. <laughs> Absolutely asinine. Because, listen, as someone who has no morals and ethics when it comes to competition, especially when money is involved, you, that's not the pact you make. The pact you make is we support each other and we push each other and we try to protect each other the entire time and we split the money 50-50. We are partners. That's how you make a deal. You don't make a deal like, hey, get out of my way. I'll throw you next to t- 10 grand or whatever, because then someone's basically saying, I'm going to get less money than you. You don't, you know what I mean? You, you make a partnership and say, we cut this. You don't make a partnership and say, how about you make 30 grand and I make a hundred grand, but I'll throw you an extra 10 grand. That's not how that works. Here's the thing though. It's Johnny and Wes. Like does logic apply to them in the same way? Like do- logic, but this is the, the, the simplest deal is let's just split it 50, 50. However, this goes, we're in this and you handshake. I, That's the I simplest guess, deal. It's not complex. I guess, but what if they were worried that the other couldn't beat the people who were there. And so this would ensure one of them would getting a red skull to go to the final. 
Like, it, but you it still make the same 50-50 deal. You don't pay. Johnny doesn't pay Wes to get out of the way. You say, look, one of us is going to go home. One of us is getting into it. But since we are partners on the season, let's just chop the money. It's a chop. I guess. Okay, so maybe the financial ramifications are different. But I do think it kind of makes sense that like they were like, we. this is a way of ensuring that one of us gets a red skull and can go all the way to the final. We don't have to worry about Rogan. We don't have to worry about Josh. We don't have to worry about Swaggy, whatever. Although, I can't remember Swaggy. No one's gone. really worried about Swaggy. <laughs> I'm pro Swaggy. I, for one of the same reasons, I'm pro Wes. I like that Swaggy brags about how much money he has. And I'm just like, I like it. I'm just like, cool. Good for you. I just can't get over nicknaming yourself Swaggy in the year 2020. I Swaggy can't. C. I can't. It's very much after Nick Young. Swaggy I know, P. I know it is. But even Nick Young at this point is probably like, man, that was a corny nickname. I'm sure, I don't know that for a fact. Something tells me he is. I don't think Nick Young cares about Swaggy C. I don't think so either. He that's should my, though. My main takeaway. Um, anyway, that's that's one of the rumors. I don't know. I just want to throw it out there. But th- we got a problem with the show. Like all the good characters are gone. It, this when you say the season of Vanderpump Rules wasn't that good. So this season of the challenge has been particularly disappointing. And this happens a lot with the challenge arc in the last like ten years. And me, you, and Bill have a nice little text thread going on of like because you guys are watching Pluto and like it seems like yeah. both of you basically have just been had challenge on repeat in the background <laughs> for the entire quarantine. So every once in a while, Bill will send us a clip. And when you watch these old clips, the challenge is to have so much more star power, so much more energy, so much more life, so much more sexuality, so much more competition, so many more fights, and just used to have more just je ne sais quoi. And now what happens is. After episode like six, when you get down to under 20 people, it just sort of becomes too serious. Yeah. I also think people, obviously, they still make a lot of mistakes in public, but like they just have so much more awareness of being on TV and like they have so much more awareness of like brand building and like what this means for like their t-shirt business after the fact. And like, and also it seems like there's a lot of attention paid by the challenge cast to crafting storylines. Like in general, that's like something yes. that seems to come up a lot. Like one thing that came up with this D situation is that she would like encourage people to fight for the storyline so that it, it could like carry on to the show and whatnot. And it just seems like there's a lot more like awareness of how they're being perceived and a lot less like live and let live a lot and less. Just, I'm getting bombed and like whatever happens, happens. Let me be old fart guy for a second. There was also you know, when I fell in love with this show, I was also equally in love with the real world and the farm system. You know what I mean? So every single time someone was cast on the show, I didn't just like know who they were. Like I knew everything about their personality. I know who they fight with, who they got along with, what they liked, what they didn't like, everything about them. And now it's like Swaggy C, like Bailey, D, Rogan, yeah, Kyle. I'm like, I know nothing about these people because I'm not watching like Big Brother UK or like Celebrity <laughs> Get Me Out of Here or whatever. You know what I mean? Like X on the Beach. So I don't I don't know who they are. I just don't know who these people are. I know. And, and yeah, it's, it's hard to feel attached to them. You need like two or three seasons then to like really get into them. Like I I didn't really care about Tori until like my third season of Tori, but now I do care about her. Oh, but I do love Bear though. I do love me some Bear. I like Bear. I like Bear. I like well. Bear a lot. I like Bear a lot. Like I think he's a terrible person. I would hate for one of my daughters to date him, but like he is a great reality television personality. Rogan is like all time bad guy. Like he is just like so. I, I don't like know him. like what his soul is, but like I've never seen someone on these shows with less loyalty. Like even I think don't like di- his- no disagree disagree. Very loyal to CT. Very loyal to CT. <laughs> his combined body of work is like almost at the level of Johnny not giving Sarah the money. Like it or or Ashley giving Hunter the money. Like it's close to that. Yes. 
it's kind of crazy. I mean, I guess like backstabbing is good for TV, but I, I don't know. Like, don't trust Rogan with a 10 foot pole. Absolutely not. Text Wes and find out about this payoff thing. I'm going to text both of them. I think Johnny's more likely to tell me. No, but text them separately though. You can't text them at the same time. Yeah, of course. I also just want to note, um, Wes's statement in reaction to D being fired was one of the most appalling statements I've ever read. It was basically about like, which one about like him, like he was like concerned about her mental health and stuff. Like there's, there's like, I saw some long thing from yes. him that I was like, like confused by. Can you yes. explain it to me? Even though I already read it twice. He was like explaining how he had been busy at work and then spent like the next 48 hours trying to get D. Well, you know, they're, they're filming Wes's like Patreon reality show. It's called like friends with benefits, something like that. And he then, and, and to be clear, D is in Kansas city. Cause she got stuck there. And so she was living mm-hmm. with Nehemiah and then Wes had this idea. And he basically like wrote like in the notes app about all of the hard work he did to get D out of Kansas city and into like a mental health facility and basically just made it all about Wes had nothing to do with, you know, acknowledging what D did or like acknowledging how it affected Swaggy and Bailey. And it was just, it was completely about Wes and I'm like the biggest Wes defender. And I was like, this is just an appalling statement. I don't care how Wes is doing in light of this D situation. It also started with D was like my daughter and it's like, dude, she's an adult. She's like only a few years younger than you. Like, like who do you think you are? The whole thing sort of like, it seemed like a, like a sympathy play. Like everyone should feel bad for me because of my role in this. Yeah, as like look like at my hard friend. work. Like, look at all the things that I've done. Like this has been really hard on me too. It's like, what dude? You're Wes. Nothing to do I with know. this. And like Wes, if she was like your daughter, like, you know, let's talk about some of the other stuff that was said. I mean, it was just all about him. It was, it was appalling. I'm no longer the captain of team Wes. That statement no. is a deal breaker for me. I've moved on. I don't know oh, where, no. but my heart, my heart <laughs> oh, is no. open. My what reality TV heart is open. <laughs> it really is. It really is. <laughs> it was just so fucking dumb. I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. If you guys haven't caught the Thomas John experience on CBS All Access, you need to check it out. The Thomas John experience follows world-renowned psychic medium Thomas John as he journeys across America using his ability to connect unsuspecting everyday people with those on the other side. Whether he's behind the wheel of a rideshare in Chicago or grabbing a bite to eat in Los Angeles, Thomas's powerful readings offer insight and closure and result in emotional and heartwarming moments. All episodes of the Thomas John experience are now streaming only on CBS All Access. If you could talk to the dead, what would you say? Catch CBS All Access's exclusive new series, The Thomas John Experience, and get your first week of CBS All Access free when you sign up at cbs.com slash bachelor. That's cbs.com slash bachelor to get your first week of CBS All Access free. cbs.com slash bachelor. Should we talk about a show we actually like? Yes. Let's talk about Selling Sunset. Season two. On Netflix. I just want to say, I never saw season one. We briefly discussed it and I had watched like episode one, maybe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, I didn't, I was kind of half watching it. I didn't expect it. And then we, my wife and I did a selling sunset binge um, a few weeks ago. And Great binge show. Great binge God, show. God, did I love that. God, was, did I love that. So there's a couple things. Major glow ups in between season one and season two, which I, I, I love to see. I love it when it's clear that people have like, been training for season two. They're like, oh, I didn't like this about my hair. Oh, I gotta get different outfits. The glow up was subtle but clear, and I absolutely loved it. I 
like for example, Mary, I feel like she got a whole new wardrobe. Oh uh, well, no, the biggest is Christine. Yeah, Christine. Oh well, my, Christine, Christine. Joey, Joey's explained to me. It's my wife, Joey. She's like, okay, Christine started dating a rich guy, and now every time she leaves the house, she lets you know that she's dating a rich guy. One hundred percent. Joey was just like, whoever braids her hair is black. I promise you they're black. She's like, I promise she has a black hairstylist. She's got straight up like Daenerys Targaryen style braid, complicated hairstyles going on in every single scene. The braid work on her hair, like Joey will sometimes pause it and break it down. I'm like, oh, it's just like a little, like a little thing on the side. She's like, no, no, there's like metal wires weaved into it. It's like every time she gets a braid done, it must take at least three hours to do. I like her hair a lot. I think it looks good. Yes. And, and from top to bottom, she's wearing about $80,000 worth of clothes every time she leaves the house. Easy. You're not, watch, not watching Top Chef, are you? I am watching Top Chef. Oh, my God. First of yeah. all, Top Chef is my favorite show. I, I literally, at like the end of every workday, I'm like, I wish Top Chef was on tonight. Um, but, well, let me say, I've watched four episodes this season, including the finale last night. Um, last week. You watched last week's finale. Last week? On Thursdays. It's on Thursdays, dude. Oh, good point. Sorry, man. I'm it's watching, cool. I'm, three, you know, three kids on TV every day. No worries. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. But I was going to say, Padma was wearing that like red fur jacket a couple oh. weeks ago. No, and first I, of all, no, 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 no. Hold on. She looked like she was a college basketball mascot at halftime that took off their mask. You know what I mean? Oh. Like that, the big fluffy jacket that she had on, the red yeah. one. Yes, yeah. exactly. It looked, like, it looked like she was like Elmo and it was like, Elmo, take five, Elmo. And then Elmo takes off his helmet and it's just like her head popping out of an Elmo body. That's what it looked like to me. Um, it was like, I just, when I saw it, I was like, Christine would love to be wearing this jacket. That's mm. why I bring it up. I'm like, it's straight up Christine style. I just want to say, Padma has blown me away this season. Like, total aside, but like, she speaks Italian. She's just like a better host and facilitator and point guard than ever before. Yes. I just feel like her, she keeps betting, but keeps getting better. She's like LeBron, you know, like every season you're like, have we reached Ma- like peak Padma? And the answer is no. Like she's continuing to improve her craft. And I, I would watch a Padma show like every day. Tom is the one who has like a web only show, but like give me Padma. Padma I need more. Staff. I need more of that super mean Italian chef. That's who I need more of. This the this the heavy set Soulless. super mean guy. Yes, he's like, the food tastes good and it looks good and it's perfect. It's just got no soul. There's yeah. no love in it. This <laughs> might have been made by a robot. And I'm just like, he is so mean. He never had anything nice to say. He never he didn't even try to speak English. You know, damn well that guy speaks some English. I oh, love it, it so much. That I love guy it too. is a star. That guy also, was a star. Brian Voltaggio was a crestfallen by that feedback like it genuinely like you oh. saw his face drop oh my god it no, was it so was, it's, it's, honestly it's the meanest thing you could say to a chef the meanest thing because you can't fix it. that's not an actionable note you know what i mean yeah. if someone's just like if someone's like hey jacoby like i think you're pretty good on tv but like you just have absolutely no heart or soul There's, i yeah. can't change that i can't like it's not like hey talk less or talk more or do this or do that it's just like i i, I don't i wouldn't know what to say if i was brian and someone's just like yeah your food just has no soul it sucks I know. I completely agree. It it was a, it was wild. What a great show. But anyway, I just feel like Christine would love to wear all Padma's clothes. That's why I brought it yes. up. Another thing about this season is two women whose relationships intersect with the tabloids. Heather is dating Tarek Al Musa, who is like famous from HGTV and from getting divorced from his wife Christina. Is it love and it or leave it? I want to say he's on. No, it's called. I think they were doing flipping out. Oh, okay. Yep. And. Chriselle dates or is married to Justin Hartley. 
in their divorce, it's going to be in part two of season two, which like I'm looking forward to seeing play out because it happened like really suddenly. And it wouldn't be a real like LA reality show if there wasn't some intersection with like the tabloids and photo of shoots. Course. And so I, of I'm course. excited to see it happen. It's uh, I enjoyed selling sunset more than I want to let on. It might just be the quarantine talking, but like when we finished an episode of selling sunset, I could not wait for the next one at all. At all. Like, we're getting, yeah. we're, my kids are probably killing each other in the other room and screaming and they lit fires. But I was just like, what? Just play it again. Play it, play another episode. I have questions. Okay. One of the twins used to date Mary, correct? Yes. And that is why Mary gets the preferential treatment. Yes. And that is why one of the twins, I think it's Jason, is in her wedding. It's really weird. As her bridesmaid. As her bridesmaid. That's but correct. it's also her ex-boyfriend. Like if my wife is yes. like, yeah, yeah, one of my bridesmaids is going to be my ex-boyfriend that I work with every single day. I'd be like, ah, I don't know about all this. This is uh, complicated. At that point, just like don't have a wedding party. If you're like, if, you're, if there's so many like things to navigate, just have people give speeches. Like, do you really need people standing next to you at the, at the front? Like, I don't know. What's the point of that? It's a great point. I'm not it's married. So I, I don't have a wedding on the books, but I'm just saying like, What's the point of a wedding party? Make everyone get an expensive dress they're going to wear once. Like, just, you know, if there's complicated mm-hmm. dynamics at play, just give people different roles and don't make it so official. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't difficult for me, but I will say that, like, having the conversation with one of your groomsmen was a nice moment. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. It was a nice thing. It was kind of like, you know, you're, you're, you're not just invited to the wedding. Like, I need you to be one of my people. You know, I think there's there's a nice little like group thing where the groomsmen get together and take a picture. Like I kind of liked having like an inner circle, like my guys kind of a thing. You know? Yeah. I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Sure. Like the guys from your bachelor party, which didn't you leave early, by the way, your own bachelor party? I did. I left my own bachelor party early. It was a one of, it was a terrible decision. Terrible decision. It, it was? Yeah, I had a family event and I was like, I can't miss this family event. And then when I got to the family event, I told everybody I left my bachelor party for like, what are you doing here? I was like, what <laughs> am I doing here? It seemed like important. I was like, oh, I have to make this breakfast in Boston. You know what I mean? So I like flew back and then flew there in the morning and got there. And I told everyone what I did. They're like, what are you doing here? I was like, what am I doing here? Honestly, I regretted it like 10 minutes in. 10 minutes in, I was already like, this is a terrible idea. That's so funny. Um, Davina, I believe, is not invited to marrying Romaine. No, Roman, Romaine, Roman, pissed. It's Romaine, I believe. Romaine just just really lucked out. Just lucked out with Mary. She seems nice. She's rich. Good for him. I just feel like, he, why is he holding this grudge? It was over the ring. If you didn't watch the show, basically, like, he bought a cubic zirconia ring. It was like, it's a placeholder. No big deal. Yeah. And then and then Davina was upset about it, made some comments about it. And then he, he holds this grudge about it basically forever and won't even let her come to the wedding, which I think is just like, get over it, dude. It's no big deal. Also, like, if you're paying attention to, like, one person at your wedding, perhaps you're doing your wedding wrong. Like, just, yes. you know, pay attention to your wife, your new wife of, like, one hour. And the people you do like, and like everyone else, who cares? Everyone has someone yeah. at their wedding. They don't want to be there, right? It's fine. Yeah. It's just like, it's really not a big deal whatsoever. Romaine, I think he should have got over that very quickly. And like, one of the things that we're breezing over on Selling Sunset, which I just love, is I'm, I'm here for the real estate. <laughs> you know, like great homes, great homes. And they're always inflating the prices. Like, I really feel like every single price is about $5 million overdone just, just for the TV. <laughs> Um, I, I agree with that. Also, like some of the prices are just like a little too outrageous. Like the Hollywood Hills, not that desirable in my opinion. Like, yes, you get good views, but hard to get to not close to a freeway. If there's like an earthquake, you're stuck on top of a hill. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like they're overselling, no pun intended, like how good that area is. Plus the area that they claim to 
be a part of is really small. It's also like impossible to get out of your driveway. You know what I mean? Like just like the streets are really small and like yeah. every there's like hills, like your driveway's on a hill. Like not that I've ever like, I've just done this like three times in my life, but you go up to a friend's house, like the corners are all crazy and you're like, oh, this is the driveway. And then you're backing out of the driveway. You can't see if anyone's coming or not. Just logistically difficult. Just yeah. really difficult. <laughs> I know it's just, but I, I think the reason the show like works for you and I is a, we love real estate. So like, that's really mm-hmm. great. Like to see these houses. And two, the person who um, is a showrunner was the showrunner of the Hills. So there's like a kind of like a, an essence to it that is familiar and just yes. really enjoy. His name's Adam DeVello. I actually interviewed him like a year and a half ago. The cinematography is great. Yeah. Um, you know, and like the, I, I love the office scenes. The office scenes are hilarious. I know, like they so all work staged. way too close to each other. And they have these cool desks that look like airplane wings. Have you seen, seen those? Yeah. They're also so <laughs> dressed up for work because of the cameras. Like yes. it's, they have the most staged office I've ever seen on a reality show. More than Vanderpump Rules. That's saying something. It might not be their office. Like they, they really legitimately might not be their actual office until they start shooting the show. I actually um, have driven past it like a lot and I always try to like look in to like see what's happening. Always looks closed. Oh, always looks closed as far as I could tell. <laughs> yeah. And it's also like, I think if you're, if you work in real estate, you really shouldn't spend that much time at the office. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like you should be on the go a lot. So maybe that's, yeah. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt there. You see that million dollar listing came back. I did. I'm excited to watch it. Very excited. You haven't seen it yet. Have you seen no. it? No. No, have they you? Got, let me just give you a teaser. The very they Please start do. the season. They start the season in a home, which is wildly overpriced, but it is a beautiful home. Like the very first it? property that you see, I want to say like high in the cliffs of Malibu, mm. kind of like that, like that, like Caitlyn Jenner area, kind of. Sure, sure, sure. But it is like even the garage looks like art. The garage. Who is selling it? That's not really an area that those guys tend to oh. cover. Uh, is, that's is a, Madison that's back? A spoiler. That's a spoiler that I cannot give you. Is is Madison back? There's no way. No one likes no, Madison. No, but it is a it is an unlikely partnership. Let's just say that. Oh my god! Is it the Joshes co-listing Flag and Altman? Maybe. Maybe. Oh my god! I'm excited to watch it now. That's great Maybe. news. Great stuff. It was a great first scene. It was a great first scene. Right before quarantine, I saw um, Josh Altman at Soho House in LA, and I was pretty excited. I'm oh, sure he I saw was flag, like, I saw flag once walking to his car um, from Nordstrom and I was, I just, I was starstruck. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, those I are love him hu- so much huge stars. Um, are you watching dating around? I don't know if you're into dating around. I watched every single episode in one night. Oh my God. Let's talk about Ben for a second. Which one's Ben? Ben, ben was the like weird guy who was the professor who ended up on, on date with oh, like, a student from his oh, school. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, just, I, Here's the thing. I'm shallow. Okay. I want to see attractive people. You know what I mean? I want to see desirable, attractive people. That's what I want to see. That entire show, I have secondhand embarrassment and I cringe the entire time. Like me and my wife are both just like hiding underneath our shirts, just like kind of like peering over it. Like you do a horror movie because it's like, it's so cringy. That show is the cringiest show I've ever seen. If I were on a date with Ben, I would um, definitely like, look at my phone after 20 minutes, like, oh, I'm really sorry. I just got a text. I have to go. Like, that's like an absolute, to. that's a no. You that's just to. an absolute no. Even his, the cadence at which he speaks, like, makes it difficult to have a conversation with him. He's like, very halted, nervous speech. He just didn't seem real. I was just like, is this for real or is he acting? Like, this is season two of the show. No, I like, think are they he's pulling real. some shit? 
I think. Oh he's my real. god, he sucked. I did like. I really enjoyed the when they had five dates. And it was like three dudes and two women for this one woman. I was like, oh, this is nice. I forgot what her name was, but it was like I, I I didn't enjoy dating around season two as much as season one. I have to say. Me neither. I actually was thinking about this. I think the sheen of like the kind of like the newness of like oh this format is is yes. different. I didn't enjoy the voiceover up top of people's friends and family members being oh, like, I'm like really that. worried. I like I that. Didn't. I didn't. I like I that liked- as an intro. Mm, I didn't. I, I didn't think that, like it didn't feel New Orleansy. You know no, what I mean? Like they had a lot of people that were born and raised in New Orleans, but you're like you didn't. They didn't like feel very New Orleansy. Like again, like no shots at, at these people that were, are from where they're from. But I just I didn't get it. Like it didn't. I felt like season one was like Brooklyn or whatever, or Manhattan, but kind of like it felt like it. But New York was a like real character. Like yeah, yeah, it didn't feel like New Orleans was a true character of, of this season. I've been watching a lot of like New York rom com content lately. High Fidelity, Love Life, Dating Around Season One, like a lot. And when you capture a New York, I watched when Harry met Sally two nights ago. Obviously, when you capture New York, never in seen the it right- in my life. Just want you to know that. Are you fucking joking? Literally, never seen it. No interest whatsoever. I'm good. It's a really good movie. Like really good, Jacoby. Never seen it. Good. Oh my god. Well, I've seen it like upwards of a thousand times, and I'm I'm not exaggerating. Um, when you capture New York as a character in like a, a like a romantic uh, media. It really works. There's something about it that is like just so compelling. And I don't think that's limited to New York, but I think there's like a lot of like texts to pull from that can that can help a producer or director like figure out how to do that. I don't think that's been like honed for New Orleans as a character in like a rom- romantic setting or whatever. And that's no. why it didn't it didn't come through. And so I really miss that essence. This felt a lot more like a reality show and less like capturing what it's like to date in a given city. And season one really felt that way, even if it was like engineered for TV. Yes. And one thing about well, the only thing that felt New Orleans about it is that they were all just like down to drink. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, were, they were all just like drinks. I think they think I think one couple did shots. I was like, this is great. Good for them. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I know. It's I just like I love dating around. The fact there's only six episodes is is terrible. Like even if it's not as good, I'm like still I, I would watch this like in Oh yeah. When we got to the sixth one, I was like, let's watch another one, obviously. And she's like, that's it. I was like, that's I it? It's like, yep, over. I was like, I'll wait another year and a half for the next one. What else are you guys rocking in quarantine? Oh, uh, Real Housewives of New York is big. New York Housewives of New York is a big weekly event at the house. You know, I think that like like we discussed early in the pod, like it is, it does not have a diverse cast. No. Not at all. Does it not. is not a reflection of our never, society. Never has. Never ever has, but it's but it's still it's compelling nonetheless. And I think that Tinsley and Leah have injected and Dorinda have really injected a lot of life into it. I mean, Sonia and Ramona are going to be them and the Countess is going to be her. But like, I like the addition of Leah and Tinsley in this kind of like second faction. But um, Tinsley's gone. Later. Tinsley, Chicago. She's gone. Scott, she'll be back. Her yeah. and Scott just don't seem I'm not long on her and Scott. I don't see her as a, Chicago, as a Chicago woman. I think they're still together. I was checking out her Instagram the other day. Um, oh, yeah, good. I don't see her as a Chicago gal, but maybe. Who knows with Tinsley? Who knows? Uh, love Leah's baby daddy, Rob, from A-Life. Love that guy. Love her baby daddy. Love, love how she talks about pita chip. Leah's brought a lot to this, this season, like a lot. She has. She has. I, but every time she has a drink, I'm like, ah. Also... That's the thing about this season that like, you know, Vanderpump has, has like the racial issues. I think it's pretty clear when you watch Real Housewives of New York, they're drinking too much. Like, I don't, I don't know like how deep it goes. We know with Luann and Leah's talked about it, but it is clear that they're drinking too much. Like people don't act that way sober and none of them seem to be like 
totally stand by everything I did while drunk. And it's just sort of like, okay, maybe they should drink less. Yes. It's, it's, uh, I enjoy an adult beverage from time to time. And oh, from some, too. and once every few months, I get a little too intoxicated when I'm like, hmm, did I make an ass out of myself last night? My wife's like, no. But I feel like if I was mic'd up and I was being followed by cameras that were documenting my life and then cutting it together and then broadcasting it to the world, I would make very different decisions in that scenario that I would not drink more. I would drink less. Yeah. You know what I mean? Agreed. Like, I feel like, I feel like if this representation of myself is the only thing that people are going to think of when they see my face. I would make sure that it was it was a, a better version of my actual self, not a worse one. And like all these people have kids. Like, do you want your three kids to see you on TV wasted? No. I mean, no. your father, tell me how you feel about that. Yeah. Well, I actually drink an entire <laughs> bottle of vodka before every Jalen and Jacoby <laughs> taping just to loosen up a little bit. But no, <laughs> so like, what are you I, doing I, right now? Yes, yes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't like that. And I also feel like, but with Leah not drinking for nine years or saying she's not drinking for nine years. And you know, her mom has issues with it. Her baby daddy, Rob had like a real thing was just like, bro. And I think that she clearly, her behaviors, she doesn't ha- she's not a normal drunk. Her behavior dramatically changes when she gets drunk. And I think Dorinda might be in a similar place as well. Yeah. It's, it's, t- it's tough to watch, but I'll probably keep watching for now. You it's know, fun to watch. I'm it's fun flu- to watch. Yeah. I'm fluid on these shows. You know, I want to be a more conscious viewer, but I'll, I think I'm still in on New York for now. Um, yeah. Jacobs, thank you so much for joining me. You know, it's, your, it's your volunteer work for the week. So thank you. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. More Bachelor on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> 